When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. I want to take a moment and have a real heart-to-heart with you. If you're able... Place your hand over your heart right now. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. We've partnered with Preborn because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's network of clinics rescues 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter that doubles a baby's chances at life. By six weeks, eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a little baby is able to suck his or her thumb. For just $28, you can be the difference between the life or death of a child. And if you're a business owner, perhaps you can consider a larger donation for a write-off because we know the government isn't working on saving babies. A donation of 1000 2000 20000 All gifts are tax-deductible and will reach eternity. Get involved today. To donate, just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250. Say the keyword baby or donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict. Welcome. It's Verdict with Ted Cruz. Senator, you had one heck of a week in New York. I'm not sure that they have uh, have come down from the high of seeing you there at the Yankees game. So let's just start with that before we even get to the view and your book. You went to the game and the world freaked out. I had the most ridiculous fun over the last couple of days. So it starts off, I go to game four of the ALCS, Astros-Yankees. I go with a great friend of mine. We get seats right behind home plate, (laughs) directly behind home plate. Now, I'm a diehard Astros guy. I grew up as a kid. My parents, we we had season tickets to the Astros when I was a kid. At the old stadium. At the, at the Astrodome. Yeah, no, the no, Astrodome. no. It, We're it going was back old school. A long time ago. So I'm behind home plate. And listen, if you're going, of course you dress. You and, you and I went to game two uh, of the ALCS together. Oh, yeah. Thank so, you, by the way, for that invite. That was a blast. Th- th- that was awesome. We won that. But then again, we won game one. We won game two. We won game three. So game four is the friggin' elimination game. So I flew to New York. I'm sitting behind home plate. Of course, I'm wearing bright orange, my Astro shirt. That's what you do. Go right, big or like, go home. Like, like you either go down and you, you like root for the home team and screw them. And yeah. so that's where I was. And, and listen, <laughs> I, I got to admit, going in, we're like, okay, Yankee Stadium. I've never been to Yankee Stadium. You never have? No, never oh, have. And, and for anyone that's a baseball truist, like... Yankee Stadium is Yankee Stadium in the discussion. It's, yeah, it's a bucket list. And the Yankees are a dangerous team. I'll confess, actually, going in, I was not super optimistic. I thought we were going to beat the Yankees, but I thought they're too good a team for us to sweep. I thought we'd beat them in five or six. I thought that they'll pull out game four, which is okay. But went in, and it was, <laughs> it, it was awesome. Yankees. So everybody in the news acted like, that you walked in and you're Satan, right? Reincarnated, you show up. That's not actually true. Like, it, it is the very definition of fake news. So I didn't know what the reaction is. I have to admit, I, I, I sat down with my buddy and I'm like, okay, I'm going to Yankee Stadium. I'm celebrating what hopefully is a sweep. Yeah. They're going to be pissed. And so I'm like, all right, is some guy going to like throw a beer on me? Is some guy going to walk up and punch me in the face? Like, what's going to happen? You're prepared. Yeah, like, I'm like, all right, I get it. Um, but I have to say I was blown away. I probably took 
150 pictures with Yankees fans who came up and like the degree to which like like you have these big New Yorkers who are hugging me and like we took selfies the whole time. Now, what happened? Sixth inning, I go to the men's room. I'm walking out and there are three guys that flip the bird at me. And I, and I would say in the entire course of the game, nine innings, I probably had, I don't know, 30, 40 people suggest I do something that is anatomically impossible. <laughs> and that's all right. You're yeah. at a baseball game. What are they going to say? Yeah, exactly. You, you know, they're going to yell. And there was one jackass, so I don't know, even know who it was, who put this little TikTok video of him yelling and cursing at me about blah, blah, blah. I'm a leftist. I hate America, blah, blah, blah. I didn't even know what he was saying. He was like up further in the stands. Of course, that's what the media ran with. Well, yeah. If, so, it, if, it, if it bleeds, it leads. And if it's flicking off you, it leads. And it got front page, which still, by the way, I would have lost a bet on that. If you would have said Ted Cruz going to the Yankees game will get front page of the next day of the newspapers in New York, I would be like, there's no way. It'll be the game. Nope, you're there. And, and, and I got to tell you, look, I'm a happy warrior. I'm smiling. I'm laughing. But every time the Astros got a damn hit, I'm standing up, <laughs> waving, cheering. I'm like surrounded by Yankees. Okay, so in the seat behind me, there is this gorgeous woman <laughs> in a halter top that shot. everybody saw it was trending on social media. Yeah. So every, I mean, it was, it was like the, I was laughing because I was watching the game at home. Yeah. My phone's blowing up. They're like, are you at the game? Are you at the game? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm a commoner. I'm back at home. I'm watching this on TV. And then everybody's tweeting me or texting me going, who is that sitting behind him? Because it was like, if you're, you you had to focus on the game and make sure no one took a picture that they're like, oh, look, Ted Cruz. So, so I will say, my buddy Jeff leaning next to me, he sort of leans over and tells me, okay, she's behind you. She's selling an NFT. So she had some sign and she's selling it. And she has, to, to use the Monty Python phrase, she has great tracts of land. <laughs> so he tells me this and I'm like, okay. All we need is one video of me turning around and my eyes shifting down. Like there are 24 frames in a second. Yep, that's all you For need. For one twenty-fourth of a second, I look down and that's, that's an it. image they go with. Yeah. And I have to admit the whole damn game, I'm like, I'm looking forward. Or if I turn around, my eyes are up, damn it. You yeah. are not. You're looking in the upper deck. But like I, it just, so that, that, that was, and she was actually very nice. We actually, she and I took a selfie. We were one of the many people that took a selfie early on it was before she was wearing a jacket or something because it was when not, she looked normal there you go she, she she was just before she was trying to sell sort something. of the fan behind me until she wasn't all right before we get into that news i want to tell you real quick about patriot mobile patriot mobile is america's only christian conservative cell phone company and they are coming when every time you use your phone if you're with patriot mobile you're making a huge impact they also use the same towers that you're using right now with your cell phone. So every time that you make a call, you can be supporting conservative causes. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes that you care about. They stand for our veterans. They stand for our First and Second Amendment rights. And they also stand for the right of the unborn children in this country. If you want to know that you're making a difference every single time that you use a phone call and fighting for what you believe in, save money and switch to Patriot Mobile. They are shifting their support behind conservative organizations, conservative causes, and you can be a part of it every time you make a call. So check them out, patriotmobile.com slash verdict. That's patriotmobile.com slash verdict. Or you can call them, 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Use the offer code VERDICT for free activation. PatriotMobile.com slash VERDICT. All right, so the, I saw a bunch By of... By the way, do you know who was sitting in front of me? Who? I saw the guy at the end of the game who was messing with you a little bit on TV yeah. in front of you, and kind of y'all were laughing. It was pretty funny. So the guy next to us was a Yankees fan, and we were just giving each other crap the whole time. And he, but he was he was not a jerk, and we bought each other drinks, and we were laughing and having fun, but it, it, was, it, was, it was a good, good rivalry. Time. It was a good time, but in front of me and two seats over was Lorne Michaels. Really? From SNL. I was going to say, so people that don't know Lorne Michaels, the the god of SNL. All right. So, so, so did, I, he ask you to, did he ask you if you're going to host? Like, Because you should right, say yes. All right. So I leaned over and, and introduced myself, and I said, Lorne, I got to tell you, I grew up watching SNL. 
Like, like and, and he said to me, his response is, he said, so did I. I'm like, yeah, but I was six. Yeah, yeah. Like, Lord's a lot older than I am. I'm like, dude. I, I said, I probably watched 500 SNLs in my life. Like, I literally, I, I love good comedy, and SNL is fantastic. And, and, and I did say, I, I leaned in and said, I, I, I got to tell you, you guys were funnier before you became so political. Like, like it was. What did he say? He just sort of frowned. He, he didn't engage. Later on, I asked him a question. I said, all right, of all the comedians you've ever had on the show, who was the funniest? Who did you sit back and like say, holy crap, that guy is a phenomenon. And, and I don't want to out him with his answer because I think that's probably not yeah. right. But I'll tell you what my answer was. So I told him what I thought. And I said, young Eddie Murphy, when he was 18, 19 years Brilliant. old, in the 70s, Eddie Murphy was, I, I, look, he's, he's such a talent. And, and I'm an old fan of Delirious and Raw and the stand-ups, which every sentence of is politically incorrect. Anyone who knows the, those routines, Dexter St. Jock. I'm not going to do any more of that because <laughs> even in, in today's mild world, I'd probably be canceled for acknowledging that. But young Eddie Murphy was was one of the greatest comedic talents of, of modern day. So you're there at the game. A lot of people don't realize you were at the game, honestly, dumb luck, because you were on The View scheduled the next morning. You got to fly up the night before. Uh, Jeff suckers you into this terrible deal of good seats sitting there on TV. Everyone that's a liberal hating on you, Republicans <laughs> loving on you, and I and I just played part of Whoopi there, so uh, by accident. But but you went on the View the next day, and I'm going to play that in a moment for people that are listening. But you go up there, and this is just like the perk of the trip. It turns into the story. And then the media comes after you. And then you get to The View, and, and basically, Ana Navarro immediately steps in and is like, well, we, we at least clap when we introduced you today on this book tour event, you know, at, at The View. And we're nicer in our audience than they were to you last night, which goes back to the fake news. Because you were taking selfies with everybody. Yeah, no, it literally, it's the front page of the New York, New York Daily News. It's the, like they... The, the press hammered me. The Houston Chronicle back home said, you know, Bronx cheer. And it's true. A few people flipped me off. I will tell you, when you and I were at the Astros game in Houston, there were some Yankees fans there. You remember what I told them? I said, listen, we're going to be polite to you. We're going to be nice to you. We're going to be kind to you. And then we're going to kick your ass. Yeah. But we'll do it with a smile. And they actually laughed. And that's, I mean, I was at game six when we beat, beat the Yankees in the ALCS a couple of years ago. And we did the same thing where we're nice to the Yankees fans, but... Winning is better. All right, so The View. Winning is better. The, Always. The View, that's why I went to New York was to do The View. And listen, it's not a stretch to say The View is, is, is not one of us, doesn't agree with us. So we go to The View. We, we, we know that the, the hosts, the ladies there are, are not our friends. They don't agree with us. <laughs> yes. But, but I'm going to go into the belly of the beast. I'm going to go speak the truth. And, and, and by the way, look, I've talked a lot of times about, I think, as conservatives, we spend too much time preaching to the choir. We spend too much time talking to the 2.6 million people on Fox News. God love the choir. They need the love. But we got to talk to young people. We got to talk to Hispanics. We got to talk to African-Americans. We need to talk to suburban moms. There are millions of people every day who listen to The View who are just listening to left-wing propaganda. So I went on there to try to give them a moment of truth because they're getting hammered by the crazy policies from Washington, and they're, they're certainly not hearing about it on the view. And so I went on there expecting some fireworks. But as much fireworks as I was expecting, I underestimated it. I you and I had a conversation before the view. Let's pull back the curtain on this about what to expect. And yep. we had people that gave us advice yes. that have dealt with the view and everything that we said we thought would happen literally happened. That the, the audience was clearly purposely stacked I think against you. Well, but beyond that, so what happened, we get just a couple of minutes into it, and a couple of audience members stand up and begin screaming. And and I think you got to And we play. have that audio. Yeah. This is, there's 15 seconds of screaming, by the way, for everybody 
before I'm going to play this because otherwise you just and you're trying to stay focused. Yeah. you're trying to and you're live We're on to TV. The question: We're on live TV. Yeah, and you did exactly what you're supposed to do. You just keep going, powering through. But I love how the View lost control of their own show and their own audience. Yeah. to the point where they had to reprimand their own audience, and this is how it sounded. In history, we've ever taken in. The problem is, we spent nearly seven trillion dollars, and that's what we do cover climate here, guys. We do cover climate. Ladies, ladies, excuse us. Let us do our job. Let us do our job. We hear what you have to say, but you got to go. But you got to go. So, did they kick them out? Because we didn't get to see this. They didn't go to the audience, obviously. So they kicked him out. It, it was a, it was two climate protesters. They weren't even protesting me. It was actually kind of funny. They were protesting climate in general, and they were and and the quip which which I said at the time, which they did air. I said it's a good thing you guys don't have a Van Gogh, you know. Yeah, because now they're just trashing art all over the world. You know, these jackasses would throw a can of soup on it. And, yeah, and, and so they were standing there screaming about climate. Climate. The thing that was interesting is the hosts were freaking out. And and what they told me, they said, this has never happened. In the history of our show, we've never had anyone do this. And, and, and I actually think it freaked them out. So it took a while. They're standing there screaming, we're doing the show. The show security was was not on the ball because they let them stand there and scream. There was actually a second interruption later in the show, a couple of and minutes later. And that was towards you. That was the F-bombs, right? Yeah. Well, so it was someone standing up. It was some lady standing up who had this this flag, and, and it had a circle with an hourglass sign in it. And I don't know. Apparently, it's some leftist organization. It wasn't even anarchist. I, I don't know what the damn thing means. But she just began screaming, F-U-F-U-F-U, like at the top of her lungs. And so they just bleeped it out. And, and, and they went to break. And, and they just, it was supposed to be initially about an eight-minute segment, and they ended up closing it at about four because they're like, okay, we've got an audience member screaming the F-bomb on national television. This is probably a problem. So when they, who, did they walk out on their own accord? Or they have to, like, get security to literally, like, security. lift them and drag them out? They didn't lift them and drag them out, yeah. but security escorted them out. And, and in the commercial break, the host gave a big lecture to the audience, don't do this. We don't have, then they said, we don't have a mic on the audience. We won't air what you're saying. So don't do this. And nobody else did. I, I loved it because I thought it was just so all encompassing of the hatred and the bigotry towards the grand debate of ideas. And the view claims they're about the views of Americans, right? The views of everybody. And that they're supposed to be this place where you have a grand debate. They're not anymore. And even their audience members, I think, prove that point. Well, and, and look, it, it was striking that there were a couple of times in particular that we really got into substance. Uh, one time was was talking about election denial. And, and, and listen, as leftists, they sort of talk the, you know, so they ask the question, you know, Will you admit right now Joe Biden was legitimately elected and his election was hunky-dory and fantastic and will you salute and kiss Biden's derriere? Yeah. And I'm like, He's no, the president. He is the president. And that I was, am the, aware that was of the that. best response that you could have had. And, and I also put it out. I said, listen, you guys repeatedly insist that Republicans take this pledge. Everything was legitimate. And I said, you're totally hypocrites. Because Democrats come on all the time on your damn show and attack the legitimacy of Republicans being elected. And you not only don't disagree with them, you agree with them and embrace them. And, and I think you got another you, you, I was going to say, you go back to the history here. There was a part with Hillary Clinton. And you clearly were ready. You did your homework. And you brought up that, hey, it was Hillary Clinton who went on The View. Yes. And, and delegitimize. And by the way, I don't know if you saw this day because you've been traveling, but Hillary Clinton actually came out today already saying that the Republicans are going to steal the midterm elections. She is. And, and came out and said, get ready for it, because if yep. they do yep. win the House and the Senate, it's illegitimate. No one's freaking out, by the way, and calling her out for that either. Like, they're not doing it. Well, and, I lit her up today on radio, but. Well, that, good. I'm glad. <laughs> Listen to Anna Navarro getting triggered when you started listing all the Democrats denying election results. And then she tells you, and I love this because I, I know her well. She says, she calls you by your first name, Ted, right? That's her like power play, which is classic. And Ana Navarro would not exist if it wasn't for yelling. She got hired as being an angry woman on CNN. Like that's what her whole shtick was. And then she tries to tell you like, you should be quiet when there's like how many people coming after you at the same point? Listen. 
Hillary Clinton didn't say whatever she didn't say. I'm saying to you, listen. And she said we're it's sitting here and you we were fine come, with her saying it was illegitimate come, yes, for, for Republicans her it was. to win. She called so Donald Trump the next opinion. morning and yeah. she conceded the election, Ted. Okay. She sat there while, while Donald Trump Hillary was getting Clinton sworn says in. Trump is an illegitimate Too president. Hillary like Clinton. Right. Now, you pulled this, if people miss this, you pulled out the exact quotes on a piece of paper. You were ready for this. Headlines. I had copies of the headlines of press stories. So I'm reading press stories. And, and you probably didn't see this from the view that, that I did, no pun intended, but watching all of their faces go to O blank moment. <laughs> Because they realized they stepped in it and they couldn't get out of it. So the only option was for Anavar to say, well, we need to calm down at the table. Election is stolen from you. Hillary Clinton in 2002, George W. Bush was selected, not elected. Joe Biden, Al Gore was was elected president. So Joe Biden claims George W. Bush is legitimate. I love it. We don't scream at each other, right? We don't scream at each other. They knew they were busted. You own them on the fact that they allowed their show to have Hillary Clinton say over and over again that the election was illegitimate. So the wild hypocrisy. Hillary Clinton went on the, on the View and said Donald Trump's election was illegitimate. They all agreed with it. Stacey Abrams went on their show and said that Kemp's beating her in Georgia for governor was illegitimate. They all agreed with it. Not only that, though, I, I pointed out the ridiculousness of Betty Thompson, the chairman of the kangaroo court that is the January 6th committee, objected to the certification of a Republican president. Jamie Raskin, the lead impeachment manager for the Democrats going after uh, Donald Trump, one of his very first act in Congress was to object to the certification of a Republican president. Democrats have been doing this for over 20 years, actually longer than that. But not only that, it wasn't just Donald Trump. You might say, okay, Donald Trump broke their minds and so they all lost their minds. They did this to George W. Bush. Joe Biden claimed in 2000 Al Gore was elected president. He said the election was illegitimate. And so the utter hypocrisy, and you know what Whoopi said and Anna said and all them, they said, oh, no, no, it's completely true when it's Republicans. When it's Republicans, it's illegitimate. If a Democrat wins, you cannot say it's illegitimate. I mean, they demonstrated the rank hypocrisy at at it. Well, and they were obsessed with January 6th. They were trying to tie you, obviously, to January 6th. You brought up, let's be clear about violence, and that includes Antifa. And then Whoopi actually said she doesn't know what an Antifa riot was, had no clue what that even means. Listen, no, you know, here's the thing. We may not like when Republicans win, but we don't go and we don't storm. We don't try to change. We'll go to did, did I miss an entire year of Antifa riots where cities across this country were burning and, and police cars well, were being yeah, firebombed? You Your position is the left doesn't engage in violence, really? The left made a career over the last year and a half, two years. Of, they set up their own countries. Well, and, and remember the city of Chaz that turned into the city of what was it? Chaz, and it became yeah, Chop, and, Chad, and then something else and after like, that. Like the, the police abandoned it and said we can't handle it. So. The entire reason I went on The View is that yesterday, my new book came out. The book is Justice Corrupted, How the Left Has Weaponized the Legal System. By the way, it's shot to the top of the the Amazon bestseller list. People are pre-ordering it and buying it. But I went on The View to talk about it. And one of the things I talk about is great length is the violence of the Antifa and Black Lives Matter riots, riots all over the country that burned cities, that firebomb police cars, that murdered people. And, and by the way, the Democrats didn't just turn a blind eye. They celebrated it. Kamala Harris raised bail money to bail out of jail violent rioters destroying cities. And, you know, it really does strike to the heart of the corrupt corporate media that Whoopi's reaction is, I don't know what an Antifa riot is. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I want you to think of all the moms at home who are listening to The View, who what they hear is this sanitized problem every day. If what they're hearing is there's no such thing as an Antifa riot, it is a stunning, it, there's value to going into the belly of the beast, whether it's Yankee Stadium or The View. There's value to standing up as a happy warrior. So I'm smiling throughout all of this. They're losing their minds. Their hair is on fire. Which is when you know you're winning. It's truth is powerful. And, and, and you can say truth with joy. 
Uh, and it is powerful. But look, also in, in the book, Justice Corrupted, I talk about, I tell the inside story of January 6th. It's actually the first book that has been written from anyone that tells the real inside story of what happens on, on January 6th. I was standing on the Senate floor objecting, leading the Senate objections uh, when January 6th unfolded. And so I walked, walked through in the book what happened there. Donald Trump called me and asked me to personally argue the U.S. Supreme Court case if the court had taken the case. And so the book, I tell that story. I bring people inside. And, and, and I think it's valuable to, to go on the view and to go in hostile environments and try to speak truth in an environment where truth is usually absent. There's something interesting you just mentioned. I want people to grab the book, obviously. Uh, pre-order it. Grab it wherever you want to. It's not I, even pre-ordered. It's now on yeah, Amazon. Yeah, right. And now by it's the out. way, it's, it's in bookstores. It, it is widely in bookstores. I'm in the middle of the national bus tour. We, we, we've had several people come in. They went to the bookstore, bought the book, and I'm signing the book on the bus tour because they went and bought it and brought you, it to you, the tour. Uh, today, I was at the airport flying here to Nashville, where we are right now as we record this for the bus tour. And it was in the airport today, which was, which was nice to see it there. But for people that don't understand... You were there January the 6th. Yes. And I think there's some people that don't understand that. What does you think the biggest lie of that day? Because you experienced it. You were there. You could see it on The View. There's an obsession. Yes. I would say an unhealthy obsession with January 6th. Democrats feel like it's the only thing they have right now that's powerful going into the midterms. And, and by the way, in my experience, nobody outside of the Washington Beltway or the, or the New York media elite gives a flip about January 6th. It's the most bizarre thing. When you talk to reporters in Washington, it's all they ask about. When you talk to about people like The View, it's all they care about. When you get back in, in Texas, or look, I'm in the middle of a 17-state bus tour. I, I was in North Carolina earlier today. I'm in Tennessee today. I was in Ohio before that, Virginia, Maryland, wherever you go. Nobody in real America Cares. gives a damn about this. It, it is an obsession of leftists. I would say there are two lies at the heart of, of the media uh, twisting of January 6th. One is their lie that voter fraud doesn't exist. And anyone who says voter fraud exists is a crazy tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorist. And the reality is voter fraud has been an aspect of elections from literally the very first time anyone had an election. When the cavemen got together and voted on the grand poobah, Somebody stuffed the damn ballot box. That is human nature. That's what people do. And, and listen, I've spent more than 20 years fighting for election integrity, fighting against uh, voter fraud. I, I led a coalition of states in front of the U.S. Supreme Court defending photo ID laws for election because it's a powerful tool to stop voter fraud. And we won 6-3 in an opinion that, that Justice John Paul Stevens, one of the noted liberals of the court, wrote saying photo ID for elections protects the integrity of elections and prevents people from having their votes stolen. What is weird about the world post-January 6th is the media and Democrats treat it as if anyone saying voter fraud exists is a nutcase. And You're a domestic terrorist in their minds. It, it, it is utterly ahistorical. And by the way, CNN, you take someone like Jake Tapper, who refers to, to anyone worried about at, uh, voter fraud as an insurrectionist. Yeah. It is bizarre. So that's one lie is the notion that voter fraud doesn't exist. There was real and substantial evidence of voter fraud in the 2020 election. Very disturbing. De Democrats took advantage of the COVID pandemic to loosen restrictions, to set up drop boxes that, that, that you could drop things off in the middle of the night. States like Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania state constitution prohibits mail-in ballots except in very limited circumstances. Pennsylvania they allowed universal mail-in ballots. By the way, mail-in ballots have long been acknowledged as a source of voter fraud. It makes it easier to engage in voter fraud. They, Pennsylvania did so directly contrary to the Pennsylvania state constitution. In the book, Justice Corrupted, I walk through these various facts. And, and by the way, one of the talking points leftists use is, well, there were 60-some-odd cases against them, and they all lost. There's some truth to that. But what I point out in the book is the vast majority of those cases were not decided on the merits. In other words, the court never determined was there voter fraud or not. The court threw them out on procedural grounds. The court threw them out on standing. The court threw them out 
on timing of when the case was brought. So nobody looked to the underlying facts. So I walked through that in great length. But the other big lie. So listen, on January 6th, there were some people who engaged in acts of violence. There are some people who assaulted police officers. My view is real simple. If you engage in an act of violence, you should be prosecuted. If you assault a police officer, you should go to jail a long time. And, and that's true whether I agree with your politics or disagree. If you're right wing or left wing or wherever your views are, you hurt a cop, you're going to jail and you're going to live in a six by eight concrete cell for a long time. That is rule of law and justice. But what the Democrats and the media and the Biden DOJ have done is they've taken the violent actions of a limited number of people on that day and they've used it to try to slander and paint the tens of thousands of peaceful protesters. The, the day after January 6th, obviously January 7th, I was in the BWI airport and there were dozens of, of little old ladies who were there and they came up to me and they were hugging me and they were crying. And they said, listen, I was on the mall. I was waving flags, American flags, singing God bless America. They weren't going to the Capitol to invade. And now the press is calling me a terrorist. And they were literally hugging me and crying. Why is this happening? And what the press and the Democrats and the Biden DOJ have done is number one, attack everyone who engaged in peaceful protest. And you've got a First Amendment right to engage in peaceful protest. And there were thousands of patriots who came to Washington on January 6th to speak out in support of our nation. But they tried more broadly to paint every person who voted for Donald Trump. I voted for Donald Trump. As a terrorist. If you vote for Trump, yes. if you like Trump, you're a terrorist. That's what they were trying to paint that picture on the view as well. And, and by the way, the ridiculous Kabuki theater for, for four or five months after January 6th, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer erected fences with razor wire around the United States Capitol. They stationed National Guardsmen who were holding machine guns with no magazines. They had no bullets. So they were literally... <laughs> scary props and, and i would go talk to them and actually the red state governors brought their guardsmen home pretty quickly it was clear that this was pure political theater this was not actually responding to a real threat so the only guardsmen that were there were from blue states like new york new jersey rhode island connecticut and i go talk to the guardsmen all the time and i got to tell you almost to a person they were pissed because they got that they were being used as props in political theater and by the way these are guardsmen who have jobs, who have families, who got called up and they're standing there in camos holding scary looking machine guns with no bullets in them. Barney Fife. In order for what Pelosi and Schumer wanted to say is every Republican in America is a dangerous terrorist and you should be scared of them. And I got to say, those guardsmen were understandably pissed. Why am I away from my kids to stand here as a prop? Hey, Ben Ferguson here. And if you're an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be a part of your investment portfolio. I want you to visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns when you invest with Labrador Energy, you have access to potential tax benefits, and you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Labrador's core executive team has more than 190 years of combined oil and gas experience and has drilled thousands of oil and gas wells. They are dedicated to mitigating risk while providing accredited investors with sound returns. So visit LabradorEnergy.com. American energy independence is crucial for our national security and future prosperity. And Labrador Energy is leading the charge to make that a reality. Invest in U.S. oil and gas today. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk of experiencing a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. 
Folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable. So you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. Or other devices like your electric blanket, your microwave, your RV, air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets, so you can power more devices at once. And two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. Go right now to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict. There's there's another issue that I want to bring up before, and again, grab the book. It's out. Make sure you get it. But there's another political issue that I want to bring up real quick, and I'm sure you saw this today. I think this is a massive victory. The New York Supreme Court has reinstated all employees fired for being unvaccinated, and, and they are ordering back pay. The state Supreme Court found that being vaccinated does not stop the spread of COVID-19. Let me say that again. The state Supreme Court found that being vaccinated does not stop the spread of COVID-19. If you don't believe me, CDC director just got COVID again, and she's double boosted, double vax, I think. I think she said six boosters. Is it six now? I, I believe I, that's right. I mean, she's got to have the most of anybody because that's her job to you know pimp it. And it was just a month ago she got her last booster of the vaccine. But when the New York Supreme Court reinstated all of these employees who were fired for not being vaccinated, ordered the back pay, saying their rights had been violated, I think there was a moment for so many Americans, Senator, that just said, hallelujah, finally. Because New York City fired roughly 1,400 employees for being unvaccinated earlier this year after the city adopted a vaccine mandate under the former mayor, Bill de Blasio. Now, the que- the reason why I ask you about this is there's some of you are saying, okay, well, what does this mean for all of the people in the military who were put basically, uh, their careers stopped, they're not able to be deployed, they're not getting the, the jobs that they're supposed to be having. Is this going to then tie into that in the future? So I hope so. There's litigation going on all across the country. These vaccine mandates are ridiculous. They're illegal. They're abusive. They're wrong. I've been leading the fight in the Senate against them from day one. Uh, my view on the vaccine is simple. If you choose to get the vaccine, that's your right. You ought to be able to choose to do that. And if you choose not to, that's your right. And you ought to be able to choose to do that. And there should be no government mandate. There should be no school forcing you to do it. There should be no employer forcing you to do it. You shouldn't lose your job. You know, Joe Biden issued four different vaccine mandates as president. One applied to active duty military. Another applied to federal civilian employees. Another applied to federal contractors, people who do business with the federal government. And the fourth one applied to large employers, anyone that had 100 or more employees. All of them, I believe, were an absolute abuse of power and were illegal. All of them have been challenged in court. The one that applied to private employers, 100 or more employees, has been struck down. It went all the way up to the Supreme Court. It was struck down. It was illegal. It was contrary to federal law. So that one is not in effect. Although even after the Court of Appeals had stayed that order, the White House press secretary stood up and said, everyone should follow it anyway. So a court has ordered that this is illegal, but never mind what the courts say followed anyway. And I think the White House was very cynically engaged in a game where they said, we know what we're doing is illegal, but a bunch of people will obey our order not knowing that it's illegal, and then it'll be too late. They will already obeyed us. The other mandates are at various stages of litigation. And, and I got to tell you, I've engaged in that litigation. I've led amicus briefs. So amicus, so an amicus curiae brief is, is, is Latin for friend of the court. And, and those are briefs that are written by people that are not parties to the litigation, but they come in and have views. And I've led amicus briefs in multiple cases against vaccine mandates, defending Navy SEALs, defending servicemen and women. Look, I've talked to Navy SEALs who spent 10, 15 years 
training, defending the nation, going to some of the, the roughest combat situations you could imagine. And these idiots in this White House are trying to fire these Navy SEALs because they've made the decision that they don't want to get a COVID vaccine. It's wrong. It's immoral. Those cases are ongoing, but the New York decision is a big victory. It's exactly right. And, and, and it... If you can win in New York, I think there's now feeling that you can win anywhere with this. Look, and on the merits of it, we had a senior executive at Pfizer testifying in Europe who said, we never, test, we never tested whether the vaccine prevents the transmission of COVID. Now, mind you, these abusive bureaucrats, and top of that list is, is Anthony Fauci, who I think is the most dangerous and the most harmful bureaucrat in the history of our country, which is quite a, quite a distinction. They repeatedly told us, take the vaccine, it stops vaccination. It stops transmission. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting theory. You could understand how it could be true, but it would seem kind of relevant that the maker of one of the top, most predominant vaccines said, we never even tested. We never even looked to assess whether the vaccine stops the transmission of the virus. That is a profound indication that when Fauci and the other despots were demanding everyone must get the vaccine regardless of what you think, because we're telling you it stops transmission, they had zero scientific basis, zero data backing it up. It was politics. It wasn't science. It wasn't medicine. It's going to be very interesting to see how people move forward with this. I think, you, like you said, that New York Supreme Court ruling saying what they said, that they were it was an outright violation of these people's rights, is huge. And saying being vaccinated uh, is something they should, have never, they should have never been fired. And ordering back pay is a victory for everybody's right to decide what's best for them. And by the way, I'll tell you, so I've spent, for, for the last several years, I've either been the chairman or the ranking member of the aviation subcommittee and the Senate Commerce Committee. So I've had jurisdiction over all of aviation. We had a hearing with the CEOs of the big airlines. The airlines varied in terms of how they handled this. They were all federal contractors, so they were facing the Biden White House trying to really pressure them into enforcing a vaccine mandate. Uh, Some of the airlines did an admirable job. Southwest Airlines, Gary Kelly stood up and said, we are not going to force anyone to get a vaccine. They were fighting the White House. It was hard. But Southwest did the right thing. Delta, by and large, did, did, did the same thing. American did the same thing. The one that was terrible of the major airlines was United. And the United CEO is a big supporter of the Biden White House. He was trying to curry favor with the Biden White House. And so they said, we are going to mandate that our employees get the COVID vaccine. And if you don't get the COVID vaccine, you're fired. And there were over 2,000 United pilots, United flight attendants, ticket agent, baggage, baggage handlers that they fired. You're not getting the vaccine. Your job is done. And so we had a hearing in the Senate where the United CEO, I ripped him a new one. And I read through letters that I've gotten from United employees. And look, Houston is a big hub for United. So sure. there are tens of thousands of United employees who live in Houston, my hometown, your, your adopted hometown. hometown yeah. And, and, and I read through letters of people who've spent decades with United who these jackasses fired because they didn't comply with the mandate. And even if, by the way, they had a medical reason they didn't get the, the mandate, sometimes people had other medical conditions that their doctors advised them don't get the vaccine, didn't matter. If they had a religious objection, didn't matter. United just came down with a club and, and I unloaded on it. And I will tell you that public pressure, I played a part in it, others pl- pl- played a part in it cause United to change their policy and to bring those employees back. And I fly United all the time, and it has been literally dozens, if not hundreds of times, I've had United employees come up to me, flight attendants, pilots, who just say, thank you. Nobody was fighting for us. Thank you for standing up and fighting for us. So it makes a difference. When you go out and fight. Yes. Whether it's in New York in the stands, whether it's at The View, or whether it's with United. Uh, last question for you. Um, are we going to see you on TV? Uh, is, are your, is your buddy Jeff going to get the good tickets to be on TV again for the World Series? That really is, 
is what should we should end on today. So look, I I'm agonizing. It has about to be the, the first three rows, just okay. so you know. I, okay, I, I just I, I'm not trying to put pressure, but it needs to be the okay. first three rows. I, I, I am agonizing over that <laughs> because I'm in the middle of a 17 state bus tour. So I am right now scheduled to be all over the country trying to retake the Senate and retake the House. But the Astros, listen, we're in the six. We, we, we've been in the six ALCS in a row. We're in the fourth World Series out of six. It is insane. And, and one thing you know, but, but folks at, at home may not know, the baseball playoffs have become a really important thing to me and in, in my family with, with my girls. So 2017, the World Series. Uh, I, I had tickets to game three, four, and five of the World Series. Game three, I took my dad. Really cool to go with your dad to the World Series. Like I lifetime memory. Yeah, as a kid, I went with my dad. We had we had season tickets, so it was awesome. Game four, I took Heidi. That actually was a mistake. Heidi doesn't give a damn about sports. She doesn't care about baseball. She was bored out of her mind. It was like bad, bad yeah. mistake. And by the way, game four. All right, so I was sitting actually in seats pretty comparable to where I was at the Yankee Stadium. It was behind home, uh, home plate. I think it was third row. Very good friend of mine, his seats. I arrived slightly late to the game. I arrived in the second inning because I had a speech that I had to give north of Houston. So I get there in the second inning, and my buddy hands me a red wine. And I'm sitting there, and my phone lights up within minutes, including my buddy Jeff, who's texting me, dude, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah, and you're in America's baseball game. And, and I turned to my friend who had invited me to sit there, and I'm like, all right, are you actually trying to run the oppo attack ads against me? I know how to go to a baseball game. Yeah. Give me a damn Bud Light and a hot dog. Yeah. Like, like I, I'm not a communist. Hashtag America. So... By the third inning, I had a Bud Light and a hot dog, but there was one inning that was really <laughs> painful, and I asked my friend, I'm like, should I put my pinky up while I'm drinking the red wine? It was terrible. Yeah, I don't, I don't care if it comes out of a box or can. If it's red wine it, in a baseball game, wrong. you don't it wrong, drink it. wrong, wrong, Okay, so game five. Game five, I brought my youngest daughter, Catherine. Now, game five was on October 28th, and I remember it because it was the day after Catherine's eighth birthday. And she went with me. And, and it's an interesting testament to the times. So when you and I went to the baseball, right now I have a security detail that protects me. Unfortunately, we just live in an angry time where people are, are not making to, threats. And, and they it's make the threats. Way it is. So in 2017, I didn't have a detail. It was literally just Catherine and me. It was daddy and daughter. The two of us, I had no staff, I had no detail, it was just the two of us, and we sat there. And if you remember game five of the 2017 World Series, that's the one that went till about 1.30 in the morning. And it was, on, it was up and down, and it was dramatic, and Catherine and I are hugging and dancing and crying and celebrating. And, and we won game five, and I told her afterwards, I said, sweetheart, you don't appreciate this now, but you will. You will tell your grandkids you were here tonight, and you have just witnessed the greatest baseball game in the history of Houston Astros. Like, there's never been another one like it. There never will be since then. So it became a thing. That, For y'all. That Catherine and I do together. So it's my eldest daughter, Caroline. She's not really into baseball. She doesn't really want to go. But Catherine, Catherine's a softball player. She's a very good softball player. And Catherine's how old now? Catherine is 11. She turns 12. On October 27th. So, so in, in, I was just saying, I'm thinking a World Series ticket would be a good gift. So, we have gone for the last five years. I take Catherine to the playoffs, and it's just become a daddy daughter thing that we go together. And she's such a good softball player that we'll be like, I'll try to explain, okay, what's going on? All right, there's a drop third strike. And she's like, Dad, yeah, I know what that is. Come on. That's the, like everyone knows that. And it has become, I, I think, one of my favorite things in life to go with my little kooky bear, my little Catherine, and the two of us going to baseball. I don't know if we're going to get to this World Series because the one game I could go to is Saturday, but Catherine is having 10 little girls, 10, 10 11, and 12-year-old girls spend the night at her house. You're going to lose that battle. Yeah. So I'm. we may not make it to a World Series because I may be – 
on the bus tour campaigning to retake America? I hope we do. I don't have a great answer to that, but I'll tell you this. We'll keep you posted, my friends out yes. there. We'll keep you posted. And, and if it goes to the other, you know, there, there's a couple games on the road. You can always just, you know, make it up there for those. You know what? I'm I made I it to Yankee their, I Stadium. I promise their fans I'm will be not, nicer than the Yankees. I, oh, have you? Do you know the Phillies? I, I've uh, never that, been. A, that, I've never been to Phillies. I, I don't game. think that's a promise you can deliver. Really? On the, Is okay, it that nasty? They're, I know they're, the they're, Eagles fans, but okay. that's a little different. Yeah, I mean, but I've the been, Eagles I've, yeah. look city of brotherly love. Yeah. Uh, not, okay, it's the only stadium I know where they throw batteries at the opposing players. Um, okay. so, Valid point. Valid point. So. We'll see. I'm not holding my breath on going to a game in Philadelphia. Um, I hope we win. I'm going to be cheering them on. And and I will say one of the greatest joys in life has been going. And I've told Catherine, I'm like, this is, this will never happen again, that we have a period where this team is so good for so long that we get to. You, you don't take it for granted because it may yeah. not happen for 20 more years. Yeah. Welcome to baseball. Yes. If you don't believe me, call the Cubs. They'll explain it all <laughs> to you. That's Or, you know, the curse of the Bambino. Yeah. You know, I mean, how long did that last? Exactly. Boston, there's so many examples of this. Senator, uh, this is really fun. I love that we got to pull back the curtain a little bit on the view. The book, most importantly, for people listening right now, you can grab it everywhere it's out. Name of the book one more time so people know where to get it. Justice Corrupted. How the Left Has Weaponized the Legal System. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at Barnes & Noble. You can get it on Books a Million. Wherever you get your books, you can get it at Sam's Club. But but go buy the book, and I think you'll enjoy it. It Actually, it was fun writing it. I like writing books. I try to tell stories. What I try to do in the books is what we try to do in the podcast, is which is I try to take readers behind the curtain. I try to take them behind the scenes to understand what's really going on, and I do think the topic of this book is is really important right now. And so I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll learn from it. I think you'll be equipped when you're talking with your friends and family to know more about what is happening with Biden using the DOJ and the FBI and the IRS and the federal government to target his enemies. And I think that's an incredible threat to the rule of law and, and, and to our liberty. Grab the book. Make sure you write a review, a five-star review for the podcast so we can reach more people on the charts. It's so important, so we ask you, thank you for doing that. And also, share our podcast. You see that little forward arrow. You can share it wherever you are in social media and hit that subscribe or auto-download button. You'll get the podcast, which we are doing three days a week now, each and every day. Center, it was fun. We'll be watching the World Series, and uh, we'll talk to all you guys in a couple days. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.